What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Coast to Coast. I am Ronan Gain. Joining me as always, Christian Nambu. Thanks for making this podcast your number one listen for NBA coverage. I know we're not out every day, but when we talk, we usually go in depth. We get everyone covered. And if you like what you're hearing, make sure you're liking, subscribing, following wherever you get your podcasts. You're on YouTube. Drop us that like, subscribe, drop us a comment. Do whatever you can. Keep on supporting us and we'll keep on producing the great content. This week, we're talking Minnesota Timberwolves. They've uh, been on a decent little run of late. They've uh, won against some key Western Conference teams. Now the question is, are they in a good position to go and make a run for the rest of the season? Chris, what are your thoughts on on the T-Wolves? Let's get right into it. It's so it's so tough. This is our poster child in the preseason we were predicting, I was predicting big things, the way that they were going to incorporate Gobert. And obviously that, that's been a story told a million times about how that's been difficult. But what we're seeing here in January, just a rejuvenation, I mean, objectively being kind of, you know, you could argue a top five team right now, um, whether that's strength of schedule, whether that's shooting luck. Um, I would argue it's it's a very bright spot for a pretty disappointing season. So to be sitting here right now at, just about 500 i think isn't a bad result for how they've how they've started and to start the year this strong um i think if you're going to cherry pick and take out a couple games at the end of december uh what is it 12 and 6 now um i think you know they might be turning a corner um but i couldn't help but being a little bit negative in the couple games that we watched so i'll 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 turn it to you you're usually the uh the ball of sunshine you're the positive one between us when we when we talk about some of these teams so how do you how do you feel to this point? Do you feel like this is a, a accurate representation of growth this month, or is this kind of a, a blip, a pre All Star blip? I I I think it's growth in, in certain areas, but I don't think it's it's the complete package yet. I, I I'd be surprised if this is it's something that continued to, to for the rest of the season. Now I hope that's that's the way they're going. But the fact that this is all being done still without Carl Anthony Towns, with Gobert missing the the odd game here and there, that's where you kind of think it's still not really there and it probably is just a blip. But I mean, laying it all out, they're 28 and 26, they're six in the West. They've they've had a solid recovery. Obviously, they were they're below five hundred about about a month ago. So they they've they're going in the right direction. They're still they're they're eighth in defensive rating, but they're only just slightly above what they were last year. You'd you'd think if Gobert was playing a defensive player of the year, really Gobert level, they'd be actually a pretty it'd be a, an even bigger jump. And then they're four and one in the last five, though. They've they've beaten the Pelicans, they've beaten the Grizzlies, they've beaten the Kings. Uh the last game we watched there, they beat the Warriors in overtime. It's just a question of where does it go from here? And is that, are we finally going to get to see the best of this team with Gobert looking like a positive, like looking like he's having a positive impact on this team? Because so far, it just doesn't feel like that at all. Yeah. And it's, it's tough to tell. Like the sample size is small right now. Um, when we talk about with and without Gobert this season, they've had 10 games without him. And if you were to guess, if their defense was better with or without him, what would you guess? I'm going to guess that it's better without him. Um, well, just based on the narrative. I mean, you would be correct, which is 
which is uh weird though because it's only by like 0.4 so it's negligible it's, it's nothing serious like their defense has not improved or gotten worse with him on or off the floor and i, I don't think that's an overall i don't think that's an overall you know damnation on him i think it's a damnation on how um over the course of the season they've kind of worked as a team with him there and he hasn't been able to make the impact not because he has been bad this year or worse in fact like this has been one of his his uh better years defending the pick and roll if you look at advanced metrics he's still at the top of the league as a drop defender and defending the pick and roll which is very important in this league but still defensively they're really not able to make a big jump with him there and i, I think that's still the the ongoing theme is that was supposed to be the number one thing they're supposed to turn this team into the Utah Jazz where they're the top five defense just because of Gobert somehow. But offensive rating, though, jumps up to 117 without him in those 10 games. And that's pretty striking. And I think that was a really great uh, small microcosm we got this week when we watched them play the Kings with Gobert on the floor. And they watched him play the Warriors without Gobert. And the spacing is just so dramatically different without him there the way they're able to whip the ball around the floor, the way they have multiple guys who can put the ball on the floor. It's just so different, especially with a guy like Nas Reed, who, like, can we take a second to talk about Nas Reed just to, to divert? Because that guy was playing like a star <laughs> against the Warriors. Like, when, you know, you had Anthony was not in until around the five-and-a-half-minute mark in the fourth quarter. And it was really the Nas Reed and uh, D'Lo show dragging the Timberwolves back into this game. And he was a huge part of on both ends of the floor defensively on switches, turning the paint, really even like uh, going toe to toe with Draymond. And he was a, just an excellent contributor last night. And I, I think maybe there's there's other guys on this team who, if if there were more opportunities, they would really be more productive. I think Nasrud is absolutely one of them. Yeah, I mean, there's a few guys where you, you, you point to that with this team. You look at him, you look at, you're getting good minutes out of, out of Torian Prince as well. Noel is, is always capable of uh, of putting up important important scores for the team and doing, and doing a good job. Rivers is slowly, at least slowly getting back into the flow of at least being a, a three-point threat, which is what the the main thing that they were hoping when they, when they made, when they, when they got him in. I think Mark Daniels is a really interesting one. He's he's shooting thirty eight percent from three, and I think he's only one of only two, just him and Shea Gush Alexander that have fifty blocks and fifty steals this year. So I mean, he's doing it on the defensive end, and he's also contributing on the offensive end. That's pretty great for the for the Timberwolves. That's exactly what they were hoping for. They needed to see more from him. As as an offensive threat, still his major value is on the defensive end. But when he's contributing with that shot from deep, that's really important for this team. Yeah. So why don't we talk about the Kings? That that game was first of all, the first quarter was just an absolute wash. Okay. Um, but it felt like that game was definitely a microcosm of the season, where one of the biggest factors um, that has really held the Timberwolves back this season came up, and it was you know, being careless of the ball when it mattered most. And honestly, that's just the biggest implication on Anthony Edwards himself. And on the surface, like six turnovers in this in that game, even though he's scoring well, even though his, his shooting numbers have gotten better this season, there's just a certain polish. Like he's such a good highlight player. Like you just turn on Anthony Edwards highlights and you look at his stats, and you're like, oh my God, this guy's going to be amazing. But there's certain 
there's a certain um, flow to his game that he hasn't added that has kept him from being what I feel like to be a su- true superstar. The way that he's managing the game, and he hasn't gotten to that point yet, and that showed in both these games, honestly. Um, even though they e- eked out the win against the Warriors in overtime, there's too many times in in both these games where Anthony Edwards um, is just careless with the ball, just like unexplained turnovers and inconsistent defense. And even though the numbers are there, it showed in the game against Kings where you know he wasn't able to either be that guy offensively to distribute it and to you know get good offense out of a possession especially in overtime and he wasn't that guy to defend De'Aaron Fox he was a great great talent great talent but I was hoping that at this point in the season that you'd be seeing Anthony Edwards you know have some pride on that end of the floor and they wouldn't be needing to try to put Austin Rivers on him you know Austin Rivers was not effect on him Noel got cooked against Fox and Edwards was nowhere to be found in terms of stopping him. And that was a matchup that I hoped that he would have taken a little more pride in and defensively. And then the turnovers, I don't want to make this a anti-ant show at all. Cause I mean, his numbers have been great this season and overall the Timberwolves have been great, but I think we still expect more for a guy like him to take that next step. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think the, the only thing I ever come back to with, with Anthony Edwards is, Whenever I want to judge him, I always kind of look to the fact that he's still only twenty one years old. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the that's the biggest thing. That's why I can cut him that bit of slack at this moment. But you're absolutely right, especially that matchup with Fox. You're thinking there's very few people in this league, especially on the defensive end, that can move the feet quick enough, that can be quick enough to to stay with the Aaron Fox. I mean, his. Uh, over over a few steps, the Aaron Fox is like lightning. He is extremely yeah. difficult to stay in front of. But you got Anthony Edwards is extremely athletic. If we you could start seeing that that little bit more on the defensive end, like we do on the offensive end, that'll make a huge difference for his overall game and I think for the Timberwolves as well. He could start to have a bit more of that impact. Like in general, as we saw with the team against the Warriors, the team defense as a whole, they all just worked harder. Is that just a mentality thing when they have Gobert on the floor? Do they just think, oh, it's okay. Gobert will clean up our messes. And then when he's not there, they all come together and think, we got to work. We got to put in that extra bit of work to to stand a chance in this game. And that's, that's where you feel like the issues still fall. Watching that game against the Kings, I, I wasn't sure. I, I, I texted you about this. I couldn't figure out, is it, Gobert not playing at his usual level. Is it the rest of the team not doing enough? Or is it the Timberwolves, the coaching staff, Chris Finch just asking Gobert to do too much? It it was very difficult to figure out where that was. And it feels like it's a little bit of everything because Gobert is definitely not the stopper, the the DPOI he was in Utah in this first half of season with, with the Timberwolves. And that, that has been a problem. And it, it it begs the question when you slowly start to look at it, when does the question really start to arise? Like, is Gobert starting slowly starting to become a bit of a problem given how much they gave up for him and how much they kind of changed their team around to, to get him in? Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's both. I mean, it's both. I I think that he was specifically used in a system where I, I thought they had Royce O'Neal who's been amazing. I mean, we just talked about him, uh, how good he was 
this year in Brooklyn. Um, he was a great perimeter defender in Utah. Um, and Mike Conley, great defender in Utah. Joe Ingles, great perimeter defender when he was healthy in Utah. Um, they did get exposed without Gobert at times, but they did their job in terms of navigating screens, getting over screens. And, and I think they were a much better group and being organized on that end of the floor. Like they they communicated much more seamlessly than this current team does. And I think it's just fun. There's just far too much miscommunication. That that's that's the biggest thing. Is there's it just looks messy. And Chris Finch talks about like he lets him play freely on offense and he, you know, wants him to be disciplined on defense, but you haven't seen that consistently. And for Gobert, I mean he's just constantly trying to fix messes. And one of the toughest things that they've um come up against this season is defending uh dhos and you saw that a lot against the kings is sabonis who's they're running the most dhos in the league like their perimeter defenders were just not getting over uh the screen they were not fighting over it they were not anticipating it there wasn't a lot of communication there and that's something that they're always just a step behind and it's tough to 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 really work the drop effectively um if there isn't that synergy there defensively. So I, I think that maybe this is just something that they have young players on this team that, you know, Anthony Edwards isn't always going to get there. That's one thing that baffles me is there are time where, times where Anthony Edwards gets over screens like so easily. His footwork is great and he has the strength and the foot speed to do it. And other times where he just dies completely on screens, like he's just gone out of the play. And then the then Gobert's just trying to fix his mistake. But if you had a counter too for Gobert, like every single game where he's just rushing back just in the fast break to, to defend the rim and just someone missed an assignment and he has his hands in the air, like that has to happen at least like five, six times a game. And especially uh, against a team like the Kings where De'Aaron Fox is getting early offense. Uh, shout out to him. He's just having a fantastic year. Shooting 67.5% um, right in the painted area. And he just gets there so easily, has such a great touch on that floater. And that was the exact area where they're giving up a lot of shots. I mean, right above the paint, he's shooting 51%, right in the paint, 67.5%. And they were trying to give that up to him. He got it anytime he wanted, and that spells death for this team. But defensively, what what's the answer here? Like, they they have one true point guard, and that's D'Lo. He's at his best a okay defender, passable defender. I think last year he looked great in terms of playing off ball with the way they were playing with Cat out there. But I, I'm not sure, you know, going back to like ultimately answering your question about whether this is spelling, you know, real concern for Gobert long-term. We're at the halfway mark. We haven't seen real progress with it. Cat's been injured. It is. I think we started panicking last month, and I don't think anything's changed just because they're winning a bunch of games here in January. And that I hated to to come to this podcast and end up like being just a Debbie Downer after watching a really, albeit a messy game, but a win against the Warriors and seeing all the wins they've had in January. But it still feels like, still feels like a lot of the same, even though the West is so tight. And you know, if you just look at numbers, they're looking okay right now. Yeah, it's still just that okay, and this is a team we were expecting to really flourish. Maybe it's been a realistic transition so far, but just looking, at, I know we keep harping on about Gobert, but he's averaging 13 points, 12 rebounds. Those are both the lowest for for him in the last five years. He's averaging just 1.3 blocks per game. 
That's his lowest since his rookie year. So as much as it is a case of finding the, the right system, getting the right defenders, the right team around him to really give him the opportunity to be at his best, he has to be able to step up a little bit. He has to do a little bit more. He has to find a way to to not get so frustrated. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure it's incredibly difficult for a guy who had an entire defensive system built around him and who is such a good defender to be to be putting up with this. But I think he needs to take that first step. He gets back to playing his best basketball. You hope the team will slowly build around that and continue to get better. McDaniels, he's going to do his bit. The other guys around him, maybe they could they could make a move and 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 you look in maybe next year that it, that it could be better. It's not like they brought in Gobert and they were like, right, we have to win the championship now. It was it was what you're hoping to be the first stepping stone. They were definitely hoping we got to win a playoff series now. They went in and plugged the massive hole in that was their rebounding uh, from uh, from last year. But at the moment, you're thinking you, the Timberwolves hierarchy are probably like, oh crap, was this a was this a mistake? If they don't make the right moves, I guess either I can't really picture them doing anything before the trade deadline. So I guess in the off season this year. Then they 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 they're really starting. They're really going to start to say they they really kind of screwed the pooch on this one. Yeah, it's not. Gobert is one of those guys too, where like, you know, the Cavs sent out a lot for Mitchell, but they could they could have flipped him if they wanted to. But you can't flip Gobert. You got to figure it out here. Um, and I put my tinfoil hat on about how they have flexibility with Cat. However, if that's something they want to explore, but I I think that. All the attention though ha- has to be for me uh, on Anthony Edwards, where where his improvement can come from, um, and I, I got to say like I I like when when he is aggressive and this is my thing when he's decisive, he gets the ball and he attacks the paint, or he calls a pick and roll and he gets such crazy elevation on his shot and no one can really contest it and he's getting really good at at hitting those but the the times where he just holds the ball, the ball comes to him and he doesn't do anything with it. And, you know, the, the clock's ticking down. He eats 10 seconds off the clock, just kind of dribbling around, waiting for something to happen. You know, that that's something that will come with time. Again, you said he's 21, but that needs to change. Like when he's decisive, he is, he's so good at clashing the defense. Like he, the Timberwolves get so many easy looks for their shooters. And that, that's a, that's another thing. That has to be talked about at some point. I mean, they're, they're 19th and three point percentage. You know, even when they get the ball swinging, when it ends with Anderson in the corner, like that's that's not that's not the shot that's going to win you the game throughout the the seat. Like they need Cat back in there, and they need other shooters. Um, McDaniel shooting 38 percent from three is is revelation, but I mean, they still need other guys who are going to be efficient from there. Um, but yeah, I think this all starts with with Anthony Edwards. How is he going to respond as a playmaker and learn how to continue to get better with the with the basketball being smart with it um it's crazy to me that this is potentially Delo's last year in minnesota um his contract is up after the end of the season and i think if anything do you do you keep him after what you've seen this season the last couple seasons i mean does he match with edwards it's it's really tough to see to say that 
I think if they kind of gave up on Russell now and they maybe went out and got looked to get a point guard that's maybe just a more of a of a potential kind of like uh defensive team of the year type of type of player that that sort of buzz if that's what they looked at I think that's take trying to take a bit of pressure off Anthony Edwards Anthony Edwards shouldn't be a guy who uh who needs to be covered on, on the defensive end and that one obviously he's the guy you want to build your team around but he's also your number one overall pick he's also the guy you chose thinking he's going to be the superstar to bring this team to arguably maybe the best level that it's ever that it's ever been at in their history. So you have to challenge him to be the best on both ends of the floor and look like what we see out of Tatum, what we've seen in the growth of Devin Booker and other guys like that. You got to look at you got to say that Anthony Edwards, this is the marker that's being set. You have to not only look to match that, you're going to have to go and try and beat that. I like I, guess, I like D'Lo. I like D'Lo, but yeah, it's it would not be surprising at all if this was his last year with the uh, with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Because yeah, I mean that's my question is like not if you think that the Timberwolves are going to be competing at some point when they're contending, is D'Lo going to be on this team? You probably have to think no. Probably not. I mean, so do you make a move then? I mean, you should consider it. Yeah, it's just a question of where do you go at, at this point? Where would they where would they go with it? Do you think, or would it be more likely a sign and trade sort of for sort of situation in the in the off season is more likely possibly? Maybe an off season trade, but I think there there. I mean, there's been heating up rumors about Miami Heat generating the interest. Um, I don't know where a deal maybe with with Toronto if if that if that's something there just just teams that are in the mix getting a guy like Gary Trent get getting getting other scorers next to him um but I, I think that ultimately if Delo's expiring this season and this is a season where I think at the mid mark of the year you know that this is not this is not a team that's going to make it through the playoffs. Like, can you at least recoup some assets here? Like, I, I'm not even really interested in the player. Like, you've gone so far in the negative with with uh, the Gobert trade. And I don't think that D'Lo is going to stay here, and I don't think you should be paying him long-term. Maybe you have to, but that's such a bad situation to be in. If you have to pay him, you don't have any other situation. Um, I don't know. But that that's a that's kind of a maybe not the subject for today. You don't want to be thrown around trade ideas necessarily. But... Because I, I think the deal too, I mean, he's been a steady player for them. I mean, he's been able to to run their offense. He's been a guy that you put the ball in his hands and usually they're going to get better ball movement than they get with with Ant. Um, but for all the the good things that you've seen happen in January, I think it's surprising to me to see their, them be um, out of the top 10 offensively just in the month of January. Uh, that it's coming from a lot of a lot of defense, um, and I think that a lot of that has to do with shooting luck too. Not not on their end shooting well, but other teams shooting better, uh, worse than they usually do. But I'm just confused about 
where they go from here because it's such a weird position to be in in the Western Conference. And I think so many other teams can think the same thing where they're a few games out of being in the top six, but are they actually good enough where they shouldn't be making a move? Yeah, I mean, it's tough. I I think with the the Timberwolves, I feel like they're in a position where they're looking at it and thinking we're going to play out this whole year and and they're kind of hoping it's going to get better before serious pressure starts to come, real questions start to get start to get asked they kind of have their excuse in the bank they could be like oh we we haven't had cat for so long and uh yeah go bears only getting adjusted to this new system and and different different things like that don't get me wrong but you look at it like delo is he's been good this year like 18 and 6 he's shooting 39 percent from three he's been really good that game against the warriors that he got them back into it i mean yeah. he made 14 he had 14 straight points in the fourth quarter where they outscored the Golden State twenty eight to seventeen. He was the guy who got them back in. Then Ant was the guy who kind of closed them out with those two crucial buckets in a uh, in overtime. That's the kind of dynamic duo that you want to see more often. But unfortunately, you're only going to get it in flashes. It feels like with with the two of these guys, it just doesn't feel like they don't like play off each other in the way you see some of the other. Uh, backcourt duos in the league do it and maybe you're thinking a combo of Ant and Cat as like the two lead offensive threats might be a bit more realistic in terms of gaining further regular season success and then playoff success especially if Ant can become a better ball handler and playmaker yeah and I want to, is that a coaching thing? And that, these are kind of my final thoughts on it. Like, is that, is that something where we point to coaching? Cause at the end of the day, I, I think the, what we see from, from Russ, I mean, a lot, a lot of that is he's being, um, he's creating a lot of his own shots and Anthony Edwards is creating a lot of his own shots and Finch is letting them like run um, and be free in, in the sets that they use. And there's not a lot of organization there, but I think a lot of that has led to the, the chaos that they have there. And this isn't a team that like they flip the switch once they, they don't go from like the Warriors do from chaos on the offensive end to causing chaos on the defensive end all the time. Uh, I think a lot of times they're slow to get back and that's just killed them. But is, do they need to think about a coach who can implement a system that works here as opposed to, you know, a coach that's trying to you know promote freedom for the offensive players, which sometimes is a good thing, but when you talk about playing off each other, the number one thing I can think of is just Anthony Edwards getting the ball, Delo just being on the other side of the court, and there's there's not a lot of it's not a lot of movement. There's there's not there's not a lot of them playing off each other, like you said, and especially too when Anthony Edwards does not have the ball in his hands, what is he doing? Nothing, and. You know that this is this is too like maybe this is a spacing thing like they just want to space the floor, let let players try and create advantage on their own and then swing 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 get an open three that that's something too, but I think too there just needs to be a little bit more structure to this office that clearly hasn't shown that they're able to just freely make things happen especially when you're gonna have a system with two bigs out there on the floor when you have Gobert out there when you have Cat out there there's not gonna be there's not gonna be a lot of easy movement when you got two rumbling bigs yeah for sure i think yeah i mean you see it with all the best teams 
often the the focus is on the player, but coaching is extremely important as well. And I think Anthony Edwards is the type of guy who would definitely benefit from a nailed down set on system and a coach that's going to work with him individually and make sure he gets the very best out of him. If you're hearing the rumors, there's a lot of rumors of unrest and stuff in, in Toronto. If there's potential for Nick Nurse to be available, I don't think it'd be crazy for the Timberwolves to look at that. How awkward would that be? You just get replaced by your former uh your former boss. <laughs> I mean, like it it would be like that, but when you think of it, that the way Chris Finch appears to be coaching that at the moment is not what's gonna deliver the most success to this team as it's currently constructed. I, I I mean we both were were high on Chris Finch and high on the team. We're going into the season. We both predicted him to be coach of the year. So oh. far that ain't that ain't that ain't coming true. And so far I've been disappointed with how he's integrated Gobert and how he's got this team playing. Maybe they're gonna kick on the second half of the year, really cement themselves as a top five team in the West, which is gonna be very difficult to do. The West is kind of all over the place. Uh, the teams between like fourth place and like eighth place seem to kind of switch every night. So there's big pressure on Chris Finch, I think for the rest of the year to really show that he can be a top level coach and he can get this roster to play well together. He can integrate Gobert, get him back playing to his best and just show, show signs for Edwards. Edwards doesn't have to be the, the finished product for the rest of this year, but he's got to show more, as a two-way player, I think if I'm seeing either more on defense or better playmaking in general th- to, for the rest of the year, then I'd, I'd really start to be confident in Edwards having that superstar trait that he's been uh, pegged with since he came into the league. Because I think we're seeing it more. He does have that killer instinct. He's got those strong spots at the elbows. He He can hit from there. He can become that dead-eye scorer. Now it's just a question of the all-round game coming together. Yeah, and we'll see. He had a really strong – he always plays a strong post-All-Star break. And maybe all it takes for teams like this is a moment. And right now in January, they're seventh in net rating. And they have one of the best winning records in the league in the month of January and this year. And maybe this is just what they needed. They're playing better defensively than they are offensively. And Cat hasn't even come back yet. So maybe we come playoff time, we're going to be seeing a much different story. And if Anthony Edwards is going to have his moment and he's going to make the name for himself, the real name, not the, the guy who's inconsistent, the guy's got a lot of talent, but he's young, but the guy who's leading this team, you know, this is a pretty good way to start out this year. And hopefully it continues into the rest of the season. Yeah, that's got to be the hope, especially for our. Uh... For our predictions from preseason, we're 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 hoping for the make uh, us look good, Timbrose. please. Come on, <laughs> come on, like Chris Finch, get your get your name in the hat there. I think uh, we we all know the, that uh, old Joe Mazzula is probably looking like a, a dead on search for uh, for coach of the year, regardless. But there is pressure on the Timberwolves for the rest of this year. There is pressure on Chris Finch for the rest of this year. Let's see how they handle it. Let's see if they remain a top six seed in the Western Conference. It's going to be a very, very tight battle, but it's going to be a fun one too. It's great to see how competitive it is and how many teams have their hat 
how they're having the ring to to really be a, a playoff sir come come the end of the year. But uh, I think that's going to do it for today's episode. Just a just a quick one to talk some Minnesota Timberwolves. Thanks so much for listening. I am Ronan Gain. My thanks to Christian Nambu for joining me. Thank you all so much for listening. Thanks for sticking with us. Remember, like, subscribe, comment, social media. We are everywhere at Coast to Coast NBA. And remember, take every shot and love every moment.